It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to not just yet another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast based on the book in hardcover and in paperback, but also on audiobook. It's not just any episode. It's not just another edition. It is number five zero. It's the half a century mark. Congratulations, Steve. Who would have thought you made it? We did it. We did it. Who would have thought we'd both still be alive (laughs) by the time number 50 rolled around? We just spoke to somebody, a real good friend of mine, contact. And he said he's listened to every single one of them. Every single one of them. Believe it, right? I mean, we just heard it. Really? It's incredible. What's wrong with that guy? Was he like hospitalized? (laughs) Is he he immobilized? Why would you want to listen to all 50 of these? Because we're putting good shit out there, man. Not terrible. A lot of people have been uh, informed, educated, motivated, inspired, and then some. Oh, and for 50? Yep. We are blowing the top off. Really? This guy's incredible. You know, I had a bottle of wine for you that I was bringing, and I totally forgot it. I was halfway here, and I was like, I forgot your your Thank bottle. You. Of wine. That's really nice. But, but, uh, but and I was going to bring champagne, but it's dry January, so for you it is. <laughs> for you, that's the worst idea ever. Best idea, man. Well, I have so much clarity, listen, man. If, if, if it works for you, to each their own. All right, to each yes, their own. Yes, indeed. So why don't you introduce us to our guest for number fifty? You said you blew the top off and you went all out. Yeah, you know what? There, uh, the power of LinkedIn, the power of social media, got me introduced to a guy who was pumping out unbelievable content. I reached out to him. I said, I really, really love what you're doing. Let's grab coffee, as I do with you know most of the people I try and meet. He accepted, and I consider a friend. I made a friend, and, and he is here to share who he is, what he does, how he does it, and I'm just, you know what? When you meet somebody who is really, really good at what they do, mm-hmm. you should pay attention and this guy is really good. And who's this guy? Introduce us, please. Joe Mulling. There he is, the president and CEO of the oh, Mullings yeah, his Group. his name. Man, you, you seem to do that a lot. I don't know if you realize that. You, but you set them up, and you set them up, and then you never actually say their name. Well, you usually do that. Well, that, but it's your show. It's Come your on, shines. Number this 50. is only our second show of the year, man. We, you know, we got to get our... Is that uh, this is? This is the second. But the first one was so good. It 49 was really was so, good. No oh, pressure, yeah. Joe Mullings, but 49 was maybe the best episode. <laughs> maybe it was the Citizen Kane of uh, the Confessions Ooh, podcast. So no pressure on you, but if I'm you, I'm feeling like... About a minute forward left, no timeouts. The ball's at your own seven-yard line. You need six points. Uh, so, so good luck on this drive. Am I Brady? Uh, you can be whoever you want you to can be. be Brady. Well, I'm telling you, you got about 93 <laughs> yards to go, about a minute two and no timeouts. Yes, so there sir. You have it. Got it. So, oh, so it's great to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. So you guys met, you connected on, on LinkedIn, which seems to be um, the new cocktail party for the universe. Correct. Oh, I like that. Right? It's the digital cocktail party of the universe. Correct. And, and then the key is bringing you to your private party offline. And, and, there, and there you go, to your own separate, when you, when you kind of link... I guess if that were the case. So, so Steve took an interest in what it is you were putting out there, and then what did you see in return? Uh, you know, <laughs> to the same, it, I see a lot of personalities on LinkedIn. I see a lot of people doing amazing things. And then when it was local down here, I've watched Steve, so it was really cool that he reached out to me as well. Um, I'm not a big reach-out guy in general on the social side outside of my circles. Mm-hmm. But when he did, I took that meeting immediately. Uh, because one is, he's a fellow New Yorker, right? Yeah. yeah so you can, as we, is he. We, we, about? Can, we can, Hicksville. Well, I'm from upstate, so right. so I'm literally the Does Hicks. That count? Does like, that count? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm between Rochester and Syracuse, so I'm either an upstate New Yorker or like Toronto. 
Right. It's close. It's That's like close Pennsylvania enough. and Maine. Well, and it's the thing. 315 yeah. between Rochester and Syracuse, yeah, right there on the New York State Thruway. I think it's exit 42. So, so there you have it. So Steve and I are from a similar era, era um, Long Island boys, New York boys. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really easy to align with somebody who's a high performer, and, and I, I really respected him even before he reached out. So it was sort of serendipitous you, that wow. he did. So you recognize that. You, you notice that. Without, yeah. without even doing homework, you could just tell him personality, characteristic trait? No, I saw him online. I mean, he, he was okay. very present on mm-hmm. a number of platforms. Right. Uh, and there's an ecosystem down here in the Palm Beach area, and there's, there's posers and there's doers. And mm-hmm. he actually is in the small pool of doers, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Yeah, I like to separate those posers. How about that? And there's two kinds of posers. Those that are faking it until they can make it, and those that couldn't make it, so they hope you believe that you did, that they did. Bingo. There, there's, there's two times, at least in, in the way that I've, you know, I, I don't trust people. I'm skeptical of people. I'm always, particularly when I be too nice too fast. They want something from me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know that I believe that one's character is revealed by how they treat those that can do nothing for them. Totally agree. Right? You know, you know, in this case, it was really cool because, you know, I reached out. <clears throat> I really liked what I saw him doing. Here's a CEO of a big company mm-hmm. that has embraced social media in such a relevant way. What he's invested in his organization providing great content. It's like, listen, it's a, a master's degree every day. So why don't you share your story, kind of who you are, what you are, how you got here, and then we can talk about... You know, anything. Topic A today <laughs> says, what's Joe's story? So My you know story. what? I'm going to ask Joe himself. What's Good. your story? So uh, New York boy, as I mentioned, uh, born on Long Island, Hicksville. Actually, mm-hmm. Levittown, but moved over to Hicksville. The 516? The 516. To the 561. I was a bowling guy, yeah, South yeah, yeah, yeah. Shore. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But Ooh. I still have the 305 area code for those that call me. I'm an early Miami guy in 92. <laughs> early adapter. Yep. Look so, at you. Uh, <laughs> Made it out of high school, uh, lower middle class. Nobody went home when you say made it out of high school. Made it out of high no, school. No, because there's language matters. The words matter. You said made it out. Doesn't like exactly Josh. sound like you excelled. I like or no, I did. I loved it. I, no, no, no. I straight A's, mm-hmm. but um, arrested a couple times and a lot of detentions and a lot of suspensions. So okay, I, I made it out. All right, so I we have a lot in common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I, I knew like to call myself yourself. creative, so okay. I was super creative Absolute. and didn't didn't play within the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to school engineering. Too smart for your own good. Never too smart for anything. No, okay, because you had straight A's, yeah. and you kept getting in trouble. Yeah. And normally that is a mind that is not challenged. Correct. That is a mind that is not being necessarily tested, so it tests itself with the boundaries of behavior. Right. So I think of the Kennedy family, right? The old man Joe did illegal by running alcohol, but when they changed the laws, it was okay. So the things that I did right. Right, um, were right. just pressing the envelope. <laughs> right. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Right. That's just how I As a high school kid. I, I, I validate it that way All right. as a high school kid. You had an entrepreneurial so. spirit your whole life. Always. I did. Okay. When you went to college where? University of Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Engineering degree out in 84. Mm-hmm. Um, left uh, engineering. The uh, Dayton Flyers? Dayton Flyers. How about that? Or, in the Air Road, Force Base out there, Wright Patterson? Wright Patterson Air That's where all the UFO Space. stuff got kept. That's right. Did you know that? That's right. Did you ever, get, did you ever talk to any of those old guys <laughs> uh, about the truth? They sort of look the other way. They, they really do. No, Steve, all kidding aside, yeah. you know, this is, a, this is a show and a book about opening your mind and realizing and recognizing and maybe taking a path that others didn't travel. In, in Wright Patterson, and they're in Dayton, Ohio, were remnants of things that were not of human engineering and design that that's the truth but you know this, i'm not here Very to true. i'm not here to one-up joe with the greatest revelation in the history of civilization happens right. every week right I mean, it's crazy right. but i i watch ancient aliens like oh do you watch it yeah 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 georgio's haircut's the best bro <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> you know, I, I tried to watch an episode last week a little bit. They just, it just with the music and they're framing it in suspense. And I, I just, I'm, I'm a just, the, I'm a Joe Friday dragnet. Just the facts. Just the facts. Just facts. give me the facts, and I'll determine my own from there. But continue, please. Yeah. Dayton, Ohio, yeah. and off you went. Dayton, Ohio, off I went. Got a, got a job as an engineer because uh, I read the playbook, and that's what you're supposed to do at a college. I quickly got bored there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and within two years, I decided I was going to start buying up businesses. So I bought up businesses uh, on Long Island, and we started to get into the health club business. And in the 80s, those were the go-go years in the health club business. There was a lot of extra money and extracurricular activity out there. Hey, now. And, uh, exactly. Hey, now. <laughs> I, I just think Jamie Lee Curtis in Spandex in the movie Perfect. You remember Perfect with John Travolta? I do. Where he was the reporter from Rolling Stone, and she was just flawless. She was perfect. Well, that her. was just after to her. She I liked her topless and I liked the yeah, topless right. in Trading Places. Yeah, trading Places. You can keep the Spandex set. all you want. <laughs> quick little, it was a quick little flash of Jamie Lee Curtis there. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, every week, man. I thought she was great in the role of Barbara Bush two Sundays ago at the Golden Globes. Did not know. Did you notice that she looked exactly like God rest her soul, Barbara Bush. Anyway, we're way off. Uh, we're talking <laughs> UFOs at Wright Patterson, ancient aliens, and you know Jamie Lee Curtis topless. But here we go, Joe. Here we go. So I, I, I then started building up the health club business and uh, did really well. So I would wake up in the morning at five, go open up the health club. We built the personal training business around it. Went to school as an, went to work as an engineer. Left at five thirty. Worked till ten o'clock at night. You know, again, side hustle back in the day. We were talking about that. Did that for two years, rolled that out. Where does that drive come from? And where does that come from? Oh, God. Uh, I think... Some people are motivated by money. Nature and nurture. Uh, It's creativity for me. It's never money. Okay. I I, I never chase money. Me too. I I, I always chase the ability, actually the requirement for me to um, uh, uh, express myself in a business model. Mm -hmm. My expression, my art, my masterpiece is done in business. And who are you proving that to? For yourself? Myself. Make the parents proud? No, not to my show parents. the world how smart you are? No, not my parents. Is, is do something that's never been done before. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's not about the zeros and it's not about the trophies. Because a lot of people listening to this podcast or read the book, they think that, well, I need the book and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to the audio book. I'm going to listen to the podcast. I want to make more money. I want to make more money. That's not what drives everyone. No. In fact, mastery means more than that financial reward to purpose. many of, of the great purpose. Exactly. So I'm curious always, as I mm-hmm. needed to pick your interesting mind, as to what it was when you recognized that made you work that hard. Some folks come from a humble upbringing. Some folks never pleased or made their parents proud enough to hear their dad say, I'm proud of your son. Mm-hmm. And others just say, uh-uh, there's more I can do just because I can. Ryan Seacrest doesn't have to have six jobs. He doesn't have a gambling problem. Well, maybe he does, but not to that degree. He does it because he needs to fulfill his own creative outlet and just go ahead and master that stuff, right? Yeah, creative outlet, and I love the process since I was a kid. So I was a pretty high-end athlete. I went to school, D1, as a soccer player, mm-hmm. um, then moved into a competitive cyclist and also as a mixed martial those artist. Those Dayton Flyer uh, soccer teams in those early, mid-'80s were really good. D1. Like 82, 83, 84. We were when good. When were you there? When were you there? 80, 80 to 84. See what I'm saying? Look at how's that for timing. Yeah. I heard him earlier say he got out in 84. know that? I heard him saying he got out in 84. How do you know that? I, I don't. I was just, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm blowing uh, wind. There you I'm go. I'm blowing sunshine. Smoky, baby. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> but it's the process. So I've always been a game player, but I've always loved practice more. Whether it was really? as, yeah, as a golfer. as So to me, I don't like winning as much as I hate losing. And so that's what drives me, me in the process. I, I, I get enamored with the process. Really? And, and the outcome is the dollars. So if you pick something that you're good at and you really get wrapped up into the process, not wrapped around the axle, difference between focus and fixation. Yep. I have the ability to focus, but I never fixate. But I balance that out with an amazing amount of OCD. And then I figure out where there's a problem in the market, and then I hopefully overlay those, and then the Benjamins. So you love the practice yes. more than the play. Correct. 
And there's a very small percentage of people who feel that way. And of that small percentage of people that feel that way, they are overwhelmingly statistically successful because Uh, they're not not looking for a shortcut because they're not looking to just get through this to get to this. Instead, it's understanding and working it so they're better prepared than anyone else is. I, I think what I've learned from meeting great people, people who do great things, they all develop a process that works for them. Mm-hmm. They all invest in the process. Right. You know, I use the saying, teams that watch the scoreboard lose. Right. And it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so when, when you hear somebody really successful, Nick Saban talks about the process. Mm-hmm. He goes, man, everybody wants to be the beast, but not everybody's willing to do what the beast do. Right. He does what beasts do. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants he to die. He posts shit at 6 o'clock in the morning in his parking lot going, well, there's three other employees who beat me here this morning. I'm like, and that bothers you, doesn't it? What's that? That bothers you that three others beat you to the uh, um, to work. You know what? There's it's like a proud parent. It makes you proud that they're there, but also, damn it, it's like the day my kid beat me in basketball in the in the in the, in the driveway. Mm-hmm. I was pissed as shit, but I was very proud of <laughs> it. Right? And, 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 and you can balance both. Yes, and you can, and and I love the fact that you said you hate to lose more than you love to win. I'm more mad about not getting in a wager, an illegal wager. As you know, I bet illegally with organized crime. Yes. Several factions yes. and have for years. <laughs> Which family? <laughs> Several. Okay. Um, I, I, I hate not getting a bet in that wins more than I actually enjoy the bet that did win. Does that make sense? Totally. I don't gamble because I can't handle losing. Yeah. I, I don't want to put it's myself no, in a you. position where I don't, I don't want to lose. No, it's you not know? So, yeah. No. Nobody should like it. You should never like losing. Well, but you should. But it's for some of us, you should hate it more than actually winning. Well, you, you know, as it relates to business, which is kind of cool, I've learned the most from the things I've lost. Mm-hmm. You know, and that so you know, learning to embrace failure is really a key to success, and that goes against the grain of you know, like any salesperson that worked for me that was okay with losing a deal mm-hmm. didn't stay with me well. Long. But the, the 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 key about the L when you get the L. It's immediately what you do after the L that Correct. dictates outcomes moving forward. So when you get the L, the immediate question that you should ask yourself is, what could I have done in order to have a better outcome versus I suck, mm-hmm. right? And then too many people's self-talk is, shit, I suck, or I lost. Or I should have done this. Rather than immediately that, right? indexing to, what could I have done and what can I work on in order to become better? And, and, and I think that's really important. And when you do that in aggregate day, week, month, year – that's when you start, again, to fall in love with the process. Because the process is about the L's. It's not about the W's. The process is about the... Don't we learn more from the things we do wrong? Always. Than we learn from the things we yeah. do right? I mean, some of the... You know, I write about it in the book. Some of the biggest failures I've had taught me a lot about me, my uh-huh. ability to deal with it. But, you know, my son, who... Uh, both of my sons are college football coaches, but Mark specifically talks about the 24-hour rule. He gives himself 24 hours to either enjoy the shit out of it or beat the hell out of himself... But when it rings done 24 hours, flush it and move on. My done. next book yeah. is called The L Stands for Learn, Not Loss. Now, I yeah, just made that yeah. up right now. I don't right. have any books at all. But um, I don't remember all the things that I touched in life successfully without any issue. But I remember like hell the time I put my hand on that hot stove and burned the hell out of my hand. And you touch a lot of you, stuff. And I touch a lot of stuff and a, and a lot of people. <laughs> but, but people need to recognize it. Let's not blow past and ignore when we lose, but rather examine that loss to take from it because 
we're all going to make mistakes in life. It's just not making the same mistake over and over again, right? Yeah, we talk about um, there's no wins or losses. There's always outcomes. And it dep- And that's a, that's a really – I don't mean to wordsmith because I do wordsmith a no, lot. No, that's exactly the point. There's word there, – there, it's, it's outcomes. Just look at outcomes. Don't call it a win or a loss. Take it as a learning moment, outcome, move forward. How often do people tell you like a young Eric Clapton? And by young, I mean like – Grammys '93, you know, uh, tears and heard. I've had that's a good one. Do you see it? That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Now that you say it, I see that. I mean, for for sure. So I want to stay on the the company you've built now, the culture you've created. When we visited, I was enamored with the culture. It's not just you. You've replicated a a a mindset, a a mood, you know, all of the feeling that we got there was insane. It was great. Yeah. Thanks. So. Um, share share more about what's happening today. Yeah, I, I think you know to all the entrepreneurs out there, there, there there came a turn when we decided to just go out and hire best athlete, right? And and best athlete means that. So let's look. Let, let's use an analogy. Your best athlete, best coaching, right? Mm-hmm. So if you play high school ball, ball, usually the team that has the best athletes wins the game right. most of right. the time, right? right. But then when you step up into college and, and, you know, the upper echelons of college, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's give or take. One or two athletes can make a difference in a game. But Coaching's going to matter a little more. A little more. Yeah. Then when you get to the NFL, all, all the athletes are the same. <laughs> they're, all the, they're, all, they're all freaks. Right. Right. right, right. But, right. But, then, but then the coaching matters. Yep. Right. Even and then more. when you get to the Super Bowl, coaching wins Super Bowls. You do have the Black Swan event here and there, sure. But on, on, on par, when you can take best athlete, with best coaching year over year, then you have legacy. And that's what we've done. We, we've, we've made sure awesome. we have a nine-step interview process based upon what's required in our organization. It's very difficult to get hired. We overpay. I mean, we, we grossly overpay in market mm-hmm. because I don't want to spend time right. hiring, training, firing. Hiring, training, firing. Right. Which is what most people do. And to me, an best championship teams are built around cohesion. Right? right, the second that you lose one good player on a squad, mm-hmm. things go off balance. Right, and we've seen that all the time. And again, I like to use sports analogies, and it's it's appropriate. Yeah, LeBron is a good right? example, right. You know? right? And so that's what I look at. Is as 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 I look at, I make sure I get the best athlete for our program, and we make it a very prohibitive interviewing process, and then I put best coaching in on them, meaning creating a leadership mentality and not a management but culture mentality. because before you know steve mentioned culture and immediately i thought to ask you culture versus talent all right so which means more because you can take really really good people and coach them and teach them how to be good at their roles and their tasks but it's hard to take people who aren't good people but just excel in areas like say sales and teach them how to be good teammates good in a culture it's it's very difficult to retro engineer them is it not 100 percent. so early mistakes in my career as a leader was i allowed people to stay in my organization who were amazing performers but cancer to the team yeah wow. right yeah. and so the biggest lesson and every entrepreneur is listening to this or every person who's in a company knows that there's an asshole who's a big performer who's allowed to <laughs> screw up the right. ecosystem right right so you it doesn't have to be either or but what you need to stand guard at is at, at the top of every list should be integrity, empathy, work ethic, and somebody who's already been punched in the face in life. So you don't want somebody's first bout with adversity no. to be on your dime. No. That's no, I love really that. well said. No, wow. I love that. I mean, that's... Uh, and another football analogy, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Antonio Brown situation. Some say, He's well, an addition would be by subtraction. You know, chemistry is a funny thing, but 
beyond that, culture. Good people that look out for each other and they're happy to see others succeed. There's positive vibrant energy in a room. And that goes a long way as opposed to somebody being jealous because, well, that was supposed to be my account. Well, how come his commission's not my commission? You know what, you know, you're, you're nodding your head, Joe. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. And, and we design our pay plan and our organization that way. By design, we do not allow superstars to emerge. Because when you focus on something, you tend to remove focus from other things. And so, I, you wow. know, and when you tell a narrative, wow. you're deciding not to tell another narrative. And so it's really important that you balance out that organization. Like in our organization, there's no private offices. I don't have a private office huh. because I never we want. We saw that. Yeah, it was in. It, I, I never want a high performer to come to me and say, I need a private office. I'll mm-hmm. look at him or her and say, dude. Lead by, you're leading by example. <laughs> yeah, and, but, but it's a cultural statement right. versus an example. I don't like to lead by example like, because that's a conscious thing. And, and what we do is we hire by example, and therefore the person's natural behavior and frequency is already in vibe with ours, that we're just adding them to the chorus. And, and then we- Adding them to the chorus. Another voice in harmony. Yes, Woo. always. To the melody. You're, you're oh. wooing over here. Yeah, you know, the, when you, when you <laughs> sit and listen to people, it's, yeah, you yes. know what? It's really well said. Agreed. Companies that are really high-performing are in harmony. Mm-hmm. They are moving at a pace that is better than any individual, mm-hmm. you know? So th- that's true. I saw it happen. When you see it, it's magic because it's brutal to do. It is really hard for people, especially in a competitive environment, to put the team first. And, it's just and, hard. And, and we run it across this. So we have a full media agency in our organization, right? A seven moving to eight person media agency. Hiring creatives and keeping them empowered and what they want to do alongside of a sales organization Alongside of tough a, to marry those. you don't marry them. You just hire the right people mm-hmm. so they all have the same vision. And you also have to set the north star. So when somebody's interviewing, and they're going through the process, if that north star does not resonate with what it is that they need to complete them, they self-select out often. And and we force and they get it right. They totally get it. Yeah. And, and we've turned and they're down thankful some, probably. We had to turn down somebody you introduced us to earlier in the process. Okay, okay? yesterday was a final interview. Wonderful person, unbelievable person, really qualified. However, our lines were just slightly askew on alignment on what would work. Mm-hmm. And if you take that line down range, like if you're in a gun range, that's and a problem. If you're a degree <laughs> off, but I take that two, three, four years down range, right. they're 400 meters away from where Correct. the North Star is. Yeah. And, and you've got to see that and declare that to the people in the process. That's and, a hard discipline to stick to. It's a hard. If you see the right person today, it's hard not to plug and play. I wanted to hire her. Yeah, <laughs> I know I, her. I, I wanted I to hire to her. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. However, I knew when I took that down range, two degrees, four years down the road, she's four miles it's down. It's just discipline. I mean, that and is... I'm not doing her a service. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. It's Incredible. not a benefit to anyone. Right. Um, I, I want to switch gears if we can, just because of your commitment as a leader, a CEO of this tremendous company, your commitment to social media, yeah. and, and what, what's your perspective of what's happening with social media, power of LinkedIn, you know, validate some of the things I think, break up some of the things I think, go for it. Yeah. So, look, social media is, you know, it, it, all it does is amplify good and bad. Right, so if if, if you got a shit message, it's going to amplify shit, right? <laughs> right, right. Like the people who sit in their car and take the iPhone picture up their nose and you know make a statement to it. You know, God bless you're doing social media, but you might not be doing it well, mm-hmm. right? And there's the art and the science side. So we have a seven person agency in house that world class people. I'm I'm incredibly proud, incredibly proud to stand alongside them. 
and we went over the top, you know, and I share this in public. Our, our annual spend will be north of $700,000 this year just on social, um, meaning salaries and expenses. Right. The, but the that's an investment. investment. That's not a spend. That's an investment. That's, that's, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you want to talk about conversions. Uh-huh. So, but, but the key is, is it sounds interesting, but just getting to that point where you have the A-team is really challenging. So we did that about three, three and a half years ago, and, and, and we're all in on it. Here's, it's that simple. Sales today is you choose to work in an environment that's either analog or digital. And the analog meaning one phone call, one conversation, one engagement, you know, 18 hours in the workday, how, um, how many of those can you pull off? Notice 18 hours in yeah, the workday. Right, right. So <laughs> how, many, how many of those can you pull off? Now I put a digital team together, and I put out really good messaging, both art and science, and I deploy it on the right platform to the right people, I now have thousands of sales calls occurring on a daily basis, right? So, and it doesn't replace the conversation. What it does is it makes my conversation an A-plus conversation when I do eventually engage. So that's the thing is, you were right, cold calling is dead. Cold calling in the sense of the old school analog way is dead. Done. Cold calling still exists in digital. However, it's storytelling along the lines of inspirational, educational, informational about a product uh, market. So we always talk about market. We never talk about our product. Love it. Talk about market, not product. Correct. Okay. Always. Always. We have four pillars. Because then people feel as though they're being educated, not sold? Bingo. The second you sell directly on social is when you've moved to the bottom of the pile. Correct. You're like everybody else. Yep. Talk about it every week. What do I tell you? Walking through the mall. Right. I want everyone to visualize the kiosk. And you see that dude sitting there. And you know as soon as you get nearby, he's going to say, excuse me, excuse me. He's either going to help you with your cell phone case or your your, your nails or your hand cream or whatnot. Nobody wants to be sold. Nobody likes to be sold. What they want is to be educated. They want to be let in on something that is useful to them so they feel empowered now and now they're in that message that's right and and you want to start to have that thread put out there and again it's they want to be educated and infotained not goofy like like i believe the only platform moving forward if you had to go all in on any platform i don't care if you had a landscaping service a roofing service a headhunting firm or a consulting service LinkedIn. all in on linkedin we, we we we've been at it for about three plus years look here's the thing is you're on linkedin you're on instagram you're on facebook those last two are not, you're not in a business mindset. When you're on LinkedIn, you have your business chin strap on tight mm-hmm. and you're expected to be spoken to and educated. You're on Instagram, you're being entertained and you're escaping. The second somebody tries to sell me on those other two platforms, I shut down. I'm like, no. But on, on LinkedIn, I am prepared psychologically biased to being approached, not sold to, but being approached. I agree. And so that's the difference, understanding what we use every platform differently. I mean, I remember summer 2012, uh, somebody said, you know, we were talking, they goes, you know, Facebook is where we go to lie to the people we know. And Twitter is where we go to tell the truth to strangers. (laughs) And I said, yeah. And now we get Instagram into that fold. And Instagram now is where we let the world believe that this is really our lives and who and what we are. You know, all these girls are public figures. It's a fashion model. Except for the other day, she was selling me chicken wings and asked me, well, do I want medium, uh, mild, or hot? And I was like, I thought you were a fashion model. Instagram says public figure. Right. Ranch or blue cheese. So the platforms I, matter. The message matters. I mean, I think the coolest thing was that before we actually physically met, we knew 
I knew him and he knew me. Mm -hmm. He could see it. He right. could know it. He could know what other people are saying. There's a so, body of work on LinkedIn. Right. LinkedIn is the only platform that allows you to put validation of really who you are. To your point, the, the fine young lady who was an influencer mm -hmm. also sold chicken wings. Right. Nothing wrong with that well, at she all. She still does, but she lists herself as a public figure fashion model. And she is. Mm -hmm. and sure, she we is, all are. Right? Right? We all we are. All are. We are we're, mm -hmm. But when you're on LinkedIn, so when I saw Steve, when he reached out to me, I was already following it. I dug in a little deeper. And I'm like, huh. Wow, body of work, body of work. Mm -hmm. Who's he? Who's he roll with? Right? Who does what, he roll with? What are his comments? What does he? Chime it's harder in to on? pretend there, right? You can't pretend. It's that. harder to pretend. There. You can't at scale. Right. You can't pretend. Right? You can't. Pre that's mm -hmm. the, the line of the day. You cannot pretend at sale. That's the biggest paradigm shift in sales. Is that before you? If you were the biggest bullshitter, you were probably the top guy in the organization. Correct. Because you could shit your way through it. Correct. You can't do that anymore. Uh. -uh. Not Unbelievable. It's fascinating. Not and then anymore. when you see a guy who's leading the pack, and I, I, I'm hopeful that afterwards you'll follow him you know, and see some of the stuff he's doing because it is really, really educational. As much as the time we've spent here, this short time here, it's a little, little nothing compared to every day these nuggets of stuff that are really relevant uh -huh. that, you know what, that makes a difference when Listen, people take the time and effort to put shit out there. For 10 years, people get on LinkedIn. I need you on LinkedIn. You got to be on LinkedIn. And I said, I'm not going on LinkedIn. I want to be on LinkedIn. I, I talk to people four hours a day, not two hours a day. Live events, appearances, email, social, Facebook. So you know what? Because, because of Joe here today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign up for an uh, and LinkedIn. And we can train for you. And we will train yeah, you. For, for you guys. I'm going to do this now. Because he's probably, you know what? I'll sign up for, uh, I'll sign up for LinkedIn. You I'll give will, in. I give in. You will, I the, give in. The, the I'm story, a late adapter. The story you tell will be seen in a business mind. Correct. You're about growing your brand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking a knee at this point. I'm running the clock out. They got no time. Listen, death has no timeouts. <laughs> All right, and we're inside two minutes. I'm just taking a knee. Okay. I'm just running the just, clock out. I'm I know like, that's not you. I know that's eh. not you. But eh. hey, it's okay. You know, it's Joe Mullings, president, CEO of the Mullings Group. Faster thirty one minutes of your life. Uh, is it over already? That's what she said. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, 31 minutes, my wife. My, one minute, and then I sleep for 30. Hey, <laughs> now. And then you go back to work, probably. And you go right back to work. Exactly. It, it, it was a pleasure. Sincerely, thank you, Joe, for being with us. Steve, awesome. every week we ask him uh, to ask you to tell them something good. So why don't we wrap up number 50, half a century mark with just that. Tell them something good, my brother. So I believe that you are only as good as the five people you hang out with. And I'm thrilled that this guy is hanging out with me, man. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. Happy so, 50, bro. Yeah, man. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of five people that are willing to hang out with me. Ken, what do you got? I got, uh, I got two. I'm at a loss, Josh. Yeah, well, I, Kenny, I need, he needs help. I need, I need three more people willing to hang more. out with me. For Steve Nudelberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening on this 50th edition. Want to do it again? We got 51 coming All up, right, bro. We'll We're come back. It. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time for number 51 on the Confessions of a Seal Salesman, the podcast. So long, everybody.